Southern. I am Juicy J. The one and only. The what, one and only. What a velvety the voice. Election. That's my radio voice. If I have my own radio station, that's exactly how I would bring it in. That's how you always oh, say so you're going like smooth, like 80s. Yeah. Um, like that, that sexy jazz talk radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little jazz, a little Kenny G playing Kenny in the background. G, yeah. Nothing like a good sexy saxophone. Exactly. Go put in some applications, man. Mm, I have to. I need to do something because <laughs> the prices is going up. <laughs> Did you say you better catch me while I'm cheap. I'm exactly. Drake Pittman, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm I'm focused on something entirely different. I apologize. I am Shane Murray, ADHD Shane. You know, Shane focused yeah. on the money. You right. know, you got to follow the money. Ain't nothing wrong with that. There no. is money at play. <clears throat> there is money at play. We all trying to follow the paper trail. Yep. Stay. That's why we grinded out, baby. I took a month break and I felt like I was just the most unproductive person. <laughs> like I told when I sat here and finished the uh, the season finale of Pardon uh, Past the Jar. It's like, what that episode end up being, Shane? Like three and a half hours? Oh my god, we it felt like we were in here for days. God, Man. like I love Eric and Mason, and I love our episodes with them, but I almost just want to pay somebody to edit that podcast <laughs> for me. Yeah, I did not Every envy time. you in the slightest. When you hit, when you hit stop recording on that, I like sat back and went, "That's gonna be a nightmare." Like the, but the, I mean that's that's my like no disrespect anybody that ever comes on the pod like that finale that's just like months of professionalism can go out the window for that episode yeah. so it's like it's nice but when i have to sit here and listen to it two or three times multiply three and a half hours by two or three times it's a long time your boy sitting right here in this chair and a lot of attention oh, yeah. i'm having to pay exactly <laughs> a lot of zooming in on audio to cut out a fuck that's not allowed on past the jar. <laughs> uh, but Much easier to edit past the southern, I guess. Pardon my southern. Yeah. Pardon my southern. I call yeah, it past, past the southern. I still did it. I and still past did it. the southern. Wrong pod, bud. Wrong pie, homie. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot to show y'all this. Like, damn. Speaking yeah. of having to cut shit. I, I don't know. I, I was, I was back going, on his bullshit. I was <laughs> going to send a picture to Connor and Dylan, and like this was there. <laughs> I'm glad you showed me that now. Story validated. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, bricks. I don't like bricks. Yeah, <laughs> but Just hit a lick. Man, it's like riding a bike. Recording. I said it last time. I'm recording. I'm editing. Shane's over here cutting me off and making me cut shit out. Yeah, well, you know what? You get what you pay for, and that's why you don't pay me. <laughs> there was a straight up part in our season finale of Pass the Jar. Where Shane said, you're going to have to cut this out. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not cutting this out. <laughs> like, dead ass serious. Yeah. Like, my professionalism I was out the window. And I said, nope. I don't care what you're saying. It's staying. Because the least I have to cut out of here, the better. No, I mean, that's... Hey, I know probably. when I was like, when I was doing the, the video thing there for a minute before we got off of that. I was having a hard enough time just trying to sync the audio to the visual. I can't imagine what you were going through having to make the cuts. Yeah, for the audio. Can we bring that back next season? Pass we the need jar? to. We need to. I feel like we need to. And when I say we need to, I mean we need two cameras. Yeah. We need well, to have multiple. Well, now that I've, now that I do have an updated cell phone, I wasn't gonna say anything, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was running on an iPhone yeah. eight while yeah. we were doing this, and <laughs> grainy. Shane's camera looked nice. Mine did not. It was yeah no. 
But yeah, but a two camera system definitely gonna be. A, I say it'd be more challenging, but now I kind of got my feet wet in it and got like some. There towards the end, it was kind of rolling. We just we just fell off of it. Yeah. But well, you two kind of hurt our feelings. It did. We well, we were. We kind of, well, did YouTube hurt our feelings or did we get in our feelings too deep? We were kind of looking for that like instant gratification. Yeah. YouTube a grind. Yeah. But I did figure out, I was like, Facebook and Instagrams are where our views come. That's a fact. Now TikTok's where our views come. <laughs> TikTok's been doing well for us. Word. We're not in the creator fund by any means. Like we just cracked a thousand followers. Yeah. But where we started, I'm proud. Got it out the mud. That's how you got Now we just got to start it. pumping out content. Oh, I hear the rain. I was about to say, is that rain? Yeah. That's what's going to drop that temperature down to the 20s tomorrow. That was supposed to hit at like 4 p.m. Yeah. yeah. So, boys, how's, how's, your week, on that one. how's the week's been in the, the blue collar life that we live? No, I can't even say blue collar. I have, I have a very white collar ish <laughs> job. Oh, I'm out here getting it in the mud. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. How, how's the blue collar been juicy? <laughs> I'm out here getting it in the mud. Literally. <laughs> I'm Bugs. scrub life. I guess I can't say I'm blue collar. I'm I'm scrub life. So how's it been? Uh, somebody answer me. Jesus Christ! Well, I can tell you. Yeah, you oh. asked about blue collar. That's all juicy. Hey, if you want to hear about like horrible tales about nah, just how how the work we've been smooth, rough. Eh, eh. I can do that. Speaking like of a crackhead, eh, or well, I could tell you about experience I had today. <laughs> actually, so like I can't, to, and to, that's upsetting. To 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 set this story. To give it a mood, a timeline, I hadn't seen a live shit stain, and I mean, like literally shit stain. Doo doo number two, in Poopy. probably about fifteen to twenty years. That's like, not no, that's not true. Mm. That's not true because you have a child. Really, don't see shit stains on Isaac. To be honest with you, I was thinking diaper, like okay, yeah, technically, I guess you're diapers. talking about a shit stain on no, something different. I'm though. talking about underwrest like, shit like, gotcha. skid marks, gotcha. skid, skid marks. marks. Okay. So <laughs> today I go and these people having issues with uh, roaches, and so I go in the house and I'm spraying, not too bad. And dear God, if this power goes out, <laughs> yeah, I think okay. the good Lord knows where we're going on this episode. This might you might want to you might want to cut it and let's just jump to the next man. Juicy and I's brains are about to get fried through these earphones. Jesus, but um, I go into the room and I see a bag of clothes. Grown man, at least in his forties, mm. and I see a pair of underwear on no. top of the bag, and it was probably the biggest shit stain, and it was tighty whities, probably the biggest shit stain the size of Isaac. That like, I, he took his, <laughs> like he took a shit and didn't even attempt to send toilet yo, paper. Yo, I was like, yo, that's the biggest shit stain I ever seen in my life. <laughs> he pulled and his I, pants up and was like, no, nah, underwear will get it. But I was genuinely shocked because I hadn't seen like a real life real, shit, like, stain legit shit stain in a long time. You know, because yeah. you got your kid, but a grown man, 40s. Yeah. Yo, that was the biggest shit stain I ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it was like green too. Ooh. Nasty. Ooh. Yeah. I was clean though. But How he had a shit stain. But that's the type of shit I deal with, you know. Literally. That's literally the type, <laughs> literally of, shit. type of shit. Exactly. Yeah. At least it went a stool in it. Mm. Yeah, that'd been rough. Yeah. There might have been some nugs down there somewhere. And the rest of that pile, I mean. If that's what he's leaving on top, I can oh, only that's imagine what he led what with. Yeah. I don't want to know what was underneath. I'm like, you see me walking in here, I know. You know that that, like, if I take off, like, a pair of socks, right? And I know them motherfuckers stink. Guess what? 
I'm gonna pull like the top two or three shirts that are on top of my dirty clothes hamper. Yeah. I'm gonna pull them out, put the socks underneath it. That way it don't stink up the room. Yeah. Like that's common courtesy. That we talked about that last episode. Some horror shit. I know you heard me go, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no! Shit stain. (laughs) A day in juicy shoes. Oh my god, I got stories for days. (laughs) So before uh, I bring up our topic, you see what's in front of us. Well, yeah, hold on, because uh, man, you know that OCD brain and like ADHD and all that good stuff. Because you you talked about like that ah shit, you know moment there. Do you ever have like? Do you work with? Are you solo dolo? I'm solo dolo. Okay. I was gonna ask, do you ever have like the, the um, bad boys too? Like go into a house with a partner, he's upstairs and finds rats. <laughs> Fuck, just like we do, Mike. I could give you a quick little rat story <laughs> the other day, and I don't care about my employer. If, if they hit us, they hit us. So the other day, he tried in to be a radio Jasper, DJ anyway. Yeah, in Jasper. So like usually when we set. We when we dealing with rats, we set traps. They get on glue traps. Mm-hmm. We pick them up, but more times than not, we set the trap and we leave. If you leave a, tra- a rat on the trap for three months, you nasty motherfucker. <laughs> I go in this lady house in Jasper, Alabama, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like in the corner, she's like, "I got a rat in here." I'm like, "Okay, is it on the trap?" She's like, "No, nah, it's in the corner." I'm like, ah, "I go look and see." I get in there. And she pointed. I'm like, where is that? She had a big ass garbage bag over. She took the garbage bag off. She was. I was like, what a rat at? She was like, it's right there. I said, it's some yellow stuff right there. She was like, the rat right there. I'm like, I don't see a rat. She was like, walk up on it, flash the light. When I walked up and flashed the light, it was a decomposed rat. Oh no, it, mm-hmm. like molded in the carpet. Yellow. Yikes. The size of that fucking laptop. <laughs> Damn. That's a large And she thought rat. that Ladarius was going to pick up the corcus. Car- carcass. 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 And I, I replied corcus, to corcus. her, ma'am, if it's not on the trap, I can't freehand pick that up. <laughs> and left. I treated I mean, I, I, I treated her house, but yeah. that's that's the type of shit that we kind of deal with. Nope. Hard pass. Oh, Hard pass. Yes. That house was disgusting, too, by the way. <laughs> I'm not surprised. If you let a rat decompose, she had a thirty-gallon trash bag over the rat. Like it wouldn't even smell. It been in there so long, it didn't even. The stink. smell was gone. Yeah, yikes! It was if yellow. I didn't see it. Extent, I thought it was a part of the carpet. If you went to the extent to cover it with a trash bag, why did you not take the dustpan, scoop it up in there? Now I'm more interested like, to know what color her carpet was. I tell you, it wasn't yellow. <laughs> it was dark. It was dark, like okay. dark brown or some shit. Like that. Okay. But yes. I couldn't like it was what kind of psychopath has like dark carpet. Oh, she looked like she didn't cut. She caught. She caught somebody. Oh yeah. Okay. God, I hope she does not listen. Her. If she is, no, fuck it. We're calling the cops on you. She was kind of. <laughs> she was there, but she was less fortunate. Yeah. Uh, but she was. No mind. That's getting cut. She was out. just got like it. Annie. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, now that Shane's gotten his OCD. ADHD moment out. Yeah. And Juicy has the giggles. I'm about to stop, start making Juicy not laugh. So, in front of us, before we jump into our topic. You make you motherfuckers make my job so hard. I'm not even cutting this out because you got the giggles. But in front of us, I have a fresh jar mm-hmm. of backwoods clear liquor. 
as in the tape label on top says twelve twenty six. It's a holiday edition. Twelve twenty one. Twelve twenty six. Twelve numbers. Twelve twenty six twenty one. Twenty six twenty one. You got that shit out the future. Tell us about time travel. Twelve twenty six twenty one. The day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas. <laughs> this was this was given to me. So, out of customary traditions, Ladarius is not a fan of the clear liquors. Mm-hmm. I've got to let Knew Shane. Where that was going. <laughs> got to let Shane take the first pull. Because Shane hasn't even tried it yet either. He hasn't been here since I've had it. So, Shane, on pardon my southern, we will pass the jar before we get into this topic. Hey. Look at them frog eyes, baby. <laughs> what did you say when I opened, when I picked up that jar earlier? What did you say? I forgot. It was, looks like trouble or something like that. Oh, yeah, like danger. Oh, damn. Oh, that's gas. Mm-hmm. That's gasoline. E85 right Got that there. gag cook. Alright. Off the sniff test. Mm. Smells like trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Off the drink test. Feels like trouble. <laughs> um I'd say my mouth went from like a comfortable 72 degrees to <laughs> low 90s, high humidity, though. Celsius or Fahrenheit? Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit, yeah. yeah. We don't do that Celsius no, yeah. here. I think can't. It's like the USC. <laughs> so you like, you think that's rough. I think that's balance. No, I mean, it, it's not bad. Like, the smell is not bad. <sighs> See, the first drink I took up was fresh out. So it's still right. kind of warm. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Glorious. The um, what was the uh, backwoods cut that we got? One hundred and forty. Was one hundred forty? Yeah. I think that might have been a little generous because I mean it was stout, but it wasn't like stout stout. I was gonna say like that. Oh, was, here like, it goes. First time. Handled it a lot better than he thought. Yeah. Though. Yeah. He was more prepared for it this time. Yeah. That's that's the other shit was was more intense. alcoholic. Yeah, that one's not. But it's that's a little bit more smoother. It's more proof. There's more alcohol. Oh, is it that? Yeah, that's actually pretty good. It was distilled better. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's like um, it's the Christmas spirit in it. I could see somebody in overalls with a long gray beard named Eustace <laughs> brewing that. Solid white eyes too. <laughs> okay, so juicy. How do you feel uh, having a fresh batch of moonshine? That's actually pretty good. Really I like, good. I, I like that. That's gonna, I, I'm going to need to plug on that. I, I got you. That's going to last us for a little bit during the season because I also have three new bottles of bourbon in the cabinet. Hopefully. Too. Hey, do y'all know about Jasper Package Store? Right over here behind me? Yeah. like yeah. In that little, They got a lot of shit in there. They got some low. good shit, too. Like mm-hmm. some great shit. Yeah. Those old smoky cocktails that we reviewed on TikTok? Yeah. That's yeah. where I got them. They That's got a lot of stuff. Like, I don't think a lot of people know about this store. Well, I Drake told me about it. Like, it's story. in the cut, and they yeah. got a lot of stuff. They, they got that ranch water variety pack. Yeah. That's where I go yeah. for it. <clears throat> Kendall told me about it. Yeah, they, they got, got a whole little stuff. wine, a whole little wine, like, section yeah. to the right. Like, a whole it's whole ass wine section. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, 
That's a dope store. Go visit them. They got good shit. Yeah. Like, the only thing is, like, the liquors I can find in the state store, I will not buy there just because it's so much of a markup. Like, a bottle of Buffalo Trace, like, whenever Jasper's ABC store gets one, it's like 27 bucks, but you go in there, it's like 45 I'm not paying $45 for a bottle of Buffalo Trace. I know my worth. That's fair. It's my favorite bourbon. I know my worth. Yeah. But, boys, this episode got lost. We've recorded this once before. I feel like it's kind of sat far enough back in the memory banks where we don't remember everything we said, so it's not going to sound so scripted. Yeah, I it, remember it, what did I said it get last lost? week. If something happened supernatural to it, and now we've nah. re-recorded, and it's fucking raining and thundering. What's I'm going to We're going to do it, though. I'm not trying to be like Jim Caviezel. I'm not superstitious. Get, get struck by lightning twice. <laughs> but I am a little stitious, and we did not have a Now, no, that's from the office. It's not as funny. We didn't have a sound out that window until we started night. this episode. Until Drake hit record on that laptop. That's true, and then yeah. it literally thundered and lightened. Yeah. Was it a Jim Caviezel re- reference? In the- oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What? Jim Caviezel legit got struck by a lot. No, I corner. know that. That's what I yeah. know that for a fact. I didn't know they had that in the office. No, no, no. The superstitious. The superstitious. Shot's hey. yeah. gonna be mad at you, and I can't hey. wait for that. Parks and Rec over the office. See, when Shane dropped that one line, uh, Sterling commented on it and was like, "He didn't get it or whatever." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all of a sudden, it's not that funny anymore. That's fine. Because I was cackling at it. <laughs> yeah. I'm over you parts you of Rick just guy. Hide your yep. emotions. Yep, same. I think everybody listens listen to that TV bracket episode. Go back and find that on Passage R. You'll find out where Juicy and Oz Lines is live. Exactly. The Winchesters and Leslie Nope. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. The right people opinion. are wrong. Hey, we all agreed on that winner, though. Friday Night Lights. Oh, without a doubt. Classic. So, while we're gathered here. Been there. Saw the town. Been <laughs> to the houses. Stood on the field. I'm really jealous. Pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. He sent pictures and all that stuff. jealous. Been to the landing strip. They were closed while we were there, though, unfortunately. I want to go to Texas and see all that, but I also want to go to the timeout off of 155. Yeah, I wish we'd have stopped by. Wish we'd have stopped by, but we were uh, three and a half hours away. There's a Whiskey Myers song. It's called Broken Window Serenade. Brittany's favorite Whiskey Myers song. It's probably their best written song, story-wise. It's about a girl that had a drug addiction, died, and they said you used to work at the timeout off of 155. It's a legit strip club. Oh, yeah. Like people in the Whiskey Myers fan group on Facebook, like they'll always go to it and take pictures of it and shit. That's dope. Yeah. But anyways, while we're gathered here today, we've already done this episode once. It got lost. That's ironic. What? The way you just brought that in. Yeah, sorry. It's a church episode, and you said... While we're gathered, While we're here, gathered today. here today, that's I don't I don't think that was pre-planned. I think that was organic, no. and I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. give you your I'm gonna Thank give you. you your worth on that. That was nice. That What's was nice. not organic is the way I brought it, this is the way I brought it in last time. I'm bringing it in the same way, boys. It is Sunday morning. You're a kid. What's typically the the routine in the households? Oh, do you want me to go first? Somebody start first. Yeah. Oh, I mean, um, you got breakfast. You got breakfast going. You got church music going. Uh, a bit of cleaning going. Good vibes. It's it's pretty much the pregame, you know, to go into church. 
I remember getting up super early, getting, you know, suited and booted. Um, can't be late for church, you know what I mean? But I remember breakfast, church music, hurry y'all asses up. <laughs> yeah. We going to church. Uh, that's the pretty much the pregame to go on to church. Shame. Honestly, like, same minus the church music. Yeah. Yeah. Got that once we got there. But breakfast, hurry up and get ready. Out the door. That was the same for me, except I did have church music because dad was typically practicing what songs they were singing that day. Okay. That makes sense. Because dad, before dad got cancer, he was a belter. He could sing. I'd wake up, get a shower, get a quick bot. I'd always save room on my stomach because I know we'd go somewhere afterwards to eat. <laughs> and then go to church. And my parents were always involved in music, so it was go to church, go get lunch, go back to church, and be there until about 7 o'clock that night. Like, church was an all-day thing for me growing up. Y'all ever, uh... There it is. Y'all ever hit up the old vacation Bible school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah to my well, knowledge... Well, Church of Gods didn't really have vacation Bible school. We had, like, kids' crusades, yeah. which was the same thing. To my knowledge, I am one of, like, maybe four or five people that have ever been asked to go home <laughs> <laughs> during a vacation Bible school. <laughs> and it's because I threw on a button-up shirt over... An Austin 316 t-shirt. <laughs> all, all you could see was like, you know, like a little bit of the U, a little bit of the S, and then like the one, the uh, semi? Sem- 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 no, it was a colon. It was a, a colon? Full, it was a full yeah, colon. Yeah, semicolon's the one with the little yeah. thing hanging it's a, off of it. It's a full colon. Colon <laughs> one. So, I mean, you know, it kind of looked like it belonged, but it was also like white with like blue thunderbolts coming out of it too at the same time and when we got to church oh man button up came off well now there's a skull on the back of it with a saying that did not belong in church <laughs> and the uh the bus driver called it and he was really good friends with the family so he was just like we're gonna run you back home real quick why not tell you to put the shirt back on i don't know uh, probably because he knew I'd just take it back off once he didn't or see it. Or go to the bathroom and take the t-shirt off, exactly. put the button up back on, roll the sleeves up. Good. I mean, hey. They hindsight, differently than that. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. And this is where... But then, well, so, well, hold on now, because I thought about this. If you take the t-shirt off, put the button up back on, roll the sleeves up, you still got to carry the t-shirt. And guess what? He can go put it in the bus for you. Guess what a nine-year-old is going to do the with bus an awesome 316 shirt. Show it off. Yep. He could have went and put it on the bus for you, and the bus wouldn't have burned, I promise. I mean, I agree. I walked in with that shirt, and nothing happened to me. Walked out with a shirt, and nothing happened to me. Came back in with a different shirt, and nothing happened to me. That's the one. We'll get into it. That's one of the problems I had with the church was the impulsive reactions. That was one of my, like, that was the first time I, like, actually, like, <clears throat> equated Bible verses to, like, I mean, I know it's not a Bible verse, obviously, but the 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 format of it. You, you know? probably thought it was a Bible verse at the time. I mean, it was a Bible to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but still the, the Book of Austin will always be true to me. But see, I grew up in church. Like church was my life. Like that was all I knew. Like go to the golf course on Saturday, have fun. Church on Sunday. Church on Wednesday. Went to a Christian school up until middle school. It was like that's all I knew. 
Right. And so I thought that was the way of life. <clears throat> I went to a Christian college, had some friends that didn't necessarily line up with the Christian college's moral values. Right. Those were some of the people I love the most. But if we be honest, like the children of the church, children of the churches, pastors, kids, um, they're the wildest. Well, PKs are always the wildest, bro. You know what I mean? And I think it's because, you know, they sheltered. Yep. Um, a lot of kids that's like forced to go to church, 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 church. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. When they get a little freedom, they go absolutely Bananas. crazy. My mom worked at the church. So it was like after school sometimes. I was there. The Summerton like, Christian kids. Hmm? Wow. What a bunch. Yeah. What a bunch. But it's like when I went to this big Christian college. Mm-hmm. Like I said. Goods, uh, had the goods. Shane <laughs> <laughs> so married one. Well, not for that reason, but. <laughs> <laughs> had the goods. Had the goods. Oh. Uh, but, you know, it was like. The people I became really close with, they didn't necessarily they didn't fit that persona. The, yeah, of being at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And that changed my whole perspective on things. And then I started noticing different things that I'd been conditioned to think were normal. I'm developing my own hu- like brain here. It's like, I see these things in church. I'm like, you know what? That's really messed up. Well, the saddest part is like a lot of times when people start to like do that and form their own opinions, they're kind of they're they're getting made to feel like, oh, well, you're wrong. Yeah. Like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm growing into an adult and I'm forming my own thoughts. Like, now you're condemning like how my brain is evolving and trying to restrict me to just this one specific way. And then you're condemning the one thing that the Bible allows us to have, which is free will. There you go. Bingo. So it was like, I started noticing all these different things. I was like, this is so screwed up. The way they treat people, the way you're conditioned to think this way, the bells and whistles are becoming too much of a part of the modern church, which is to be an attractive eye pleaser. I was like, it's more of production now than it is like yeah. actual worship. I remember I told my dad, I looked him dead in the face as a, I'm not going back to church. And I didn't. It's like they are rude and un what's the word? Non compassionate to the people that I care about <clears throat> and the way they believe. Judgmental. Judgmental. To uh quote NF, church is where I found God, but it's also where I learned to judge. Mm-hmm. I did. And until I moved to a Christian college, that's that's the wildest part. It's like the Christian college opened your eyes. Yeah, because what do you mean when you say um, they judge the people you love the most? Okay, like I had a friend that was gay. Okay, obviously that doesn't fly over well in old school church thinkings. All right, Church of God Pentecostal. Right, like pew jumpers, tongue speakers. Yeah, you know. So I was like, I was conditioned to think, oh, if you're gay, you're going to hell, blah blah blah. Instead of showing people compassion, right? And I got to know and love these people. It's like, I know you don't want to date me. That's cool. I got a girlfriend. You got a boyfriend. 
we're dudes. I respect you the way you think. You're my friend. We have good conversations. Whatever. Still beat his ass at FIFA. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, getting to know these people that thought differently, it was like, you didn't have to be so critical of the way people thought differently than you. Right. And when I started realizing, like, I'm taking away from myself the opportunity to get to know these different people because I think this way. So when I started changing my thoughts and molding my brain to who I actually was as a person, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I've been wrong this whole time. I was like, you know, Jesus sat with sinners. He sat with prostitutes. Right. Sat with the drunkards. I was like, so... Set with the people, the real. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's the real world. And and what hit me the hardest was I was just sitting there. <clears throat> we were talking one night, and I told my friend, I was like, I was conditioned to hate the way you live your life. Right. And he said, and what's sad is people don't understand is people who don't think the way you thought are the first people that Jesus would have sat with. And I was like, fucked mm-hmm. me up, my yeah. guy. So I started thinking and changed every which way I thought. And I was like, I've been trying to live such a perfect life to live up to what I thought was the right way. And I've been doing it wrong the whole time. Well, that's so, another thing that kind of throws me is people get caught up in like they they have their beliefs and what they think Christianity is supposed to be and when you offer a different perspective not even like opposing their way of thinking but just a different view of it challenge it they challenge it yeah they try to shut you down or dispute it where it's it's not instead of taking it as like a learning opportunity and being like well let me how can trying to figure out you know how did you come to this point of view and why do you think that having just that open conversation, it's more of, oh, no, that's wrong. This is why you're wrong. This is what I think. This is what I know. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And what really got me was when I really sat back and was like, where do I, and I asked God, like, for those people wondering, like, where we're getting to is why we left the church. But that's not, we didn't leave God. When I sat back and was like, why am I the way I am? And like I asked God, I was like, why am I the way I am? Like, I just started trying to piece my life together. It's like, this is, it's all I've ever known. I was like, so I get out of my element. I left Walker County. And all of a sudden my eyes are open to this whole different way of life. Yeah. And it's like, man, I've been, I've been wrong this whole time. I haven't really paid attention to the, minute details of modern day Christianity or just Christianity in general, which was, and this is what fucked me up was why are there so many denominations? Why you got a Baptist church, of Christ church, of God, Methodist, Presbyterian, et cetera, like all these different denominations. I'm like, they all teach different parts of the Bible. They want to teach it. Yeah. That fucked me up. That's when I was like, why am I even in church? Why don't I just take the Bible? I know the Bible says the church is the body of Christ, but if you can't divide the body of Christ into so many denominations in the way they think, 
Because you can't divide your brain into multiple different ways. Yeah. You think how you think. So if you take the Bible, you understand that you've read it. I've read it. I've read it from cover to back. Twice. To understand it. I've broken it down. I understand the Greek and the Hebrew root words of multiple things. Why are there so many denominations if the church is the true body of Christ? So then when I asked myself that, my answer was, if it is, why am I a part of that? Why can I be a part of the whole body, word of God, which is the breath? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to try to tough it out in church because I've put roots down where I was and some whole different things happened. And all of a sudden, I found myself not being talked to, being shunned because of the way I believed. If that's, Because of the way I talked. Well, and they I, didn't like it. Because you was challenging. Mm-hmm. You was thinking for yourself, being an independent thinker. And I was challenging the kid. Like, I taught a Sunday school class. Yeah. And I was challenging the kids to think that way. Man, oh, like, yeah. Didn't, that's didn't, like, yeah that's well, sad. I say kids. I mean, they were 16, Young 17, 16, adults, 17 yeah. 18 years old. Young adults. I was 21. They're yeah, like, why they, is this guy that came in fresh off addiction issues, who's only been in the church for two or three years, in their eyes, did not mm-hmm. have been in my whole life. Why is he trying to come in here yeah. and do this? Skew the way that I was considered a heretic. We've raised our children. They considered me a heretic for the way I thought. And that's when I told my dad, I said, I'm not going back. Because I, I hadn't met Brittany at this point. I had just gotten out of a relationship that was in the church that tore your boy to pieces. Mm-hmm. Broke me. Because I thought that was that was it. <clears throat> so it was like, that's when I happened to start working with Reuben and Michael. And I was like, I can go do this and still believe the way I do. Because if I did this with Reuben and Michael and was in church, I would be judged, condemned, and have questions asked of me every single week. Yeah. And, and that's, that's Where were you at last night? Were you at a bar last night? Yeah, was. But the crazy part is the same people that's questioning you and, and, and judging you do the wildest shit behind the scenes. So, yep. like, church folk... Who doing this and that, saying this and that? They not living what they what they saying. You know what I mean? I no. see it. You know what I mean? It's like those that cast the most stones are picking from the dirtiest rock pile. It, exactly. I like that. And you know, and that's Bar. and that was the problem was these old heads that thought you had to be speaking in tongues to be baptized with the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. And another thing and about got the old church, heads, go ahead. Another thing about the old heads, y'all didn't live life. Y'all didn't did some of the most vile, wretched ass shit that you can possibly do. And now right, you in you your fifties your... and sixties, you had a point in your life where you could reflect, and you didn't got all this stuff out of your system, and you looking and judging the young men like you hadn't been there when you didn't done way, way worse, worse than yeah. what we didn't did. See, the old heads of our generation are the people that were in Vietnam. Way worse. Beat their wives. Yeah. Racist. All kind of fucking shit. Yep. So like. Oh, brother. Let me tell you. They were still racist. Exactly. So like. I'm a staunch believer that some of like the most diehard racists. If you want to meet them, go to some churches on Sunday. The Bible thumpers, bro. Yeah. yeah. Well, claim to be. The guy that carried Jesus across, guess what? He was a black dude. 
I love the Jesus wasn't a white guy either. No. That's what I was about to say. I love the like just factualism of the you know Jesus was not just a white man with just from a geographical standpoint. Yeah, like if you if you read the Bible, if you're you know this staunch Christian that you claim to be, then you cannot fight fact that Jesus was Middle Eastern. He's not a white man. That's no. just it's <clears throat> not possible. It's literally geographically not. Me and Cortland could leave today and go to the Middle East, have a child. Guess what? He's going to have caucasus. There we go. Caucasian. Yeah, well, he's going to have Caucasian, obviously. Like, of caucus descent, to quote Cat Williams. But if I (laughs) raise him in the Middle East, he's going to be a lot darker than my other two kids. He is going to take on that. That heritage, that way of life. And if you, like, track it back, just for me, how they treated him, it sounds like a black man running around claiming to be (laughs) Jesus and we ain't rocking with it, (laughs) if we being honest. And, I mean, just geographically, where it was at, what continent all this taking place on. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense that this man running around... You know, and we're talking about, if you're getting technical, it's like during the Roman Roman era, so it makes... You know, I've gotten people in. Sense. I've gotten people in a little bit of a raucous because you say continents are the whole Pangea thing. I've yeah. gotten people in a raucous about that. About you're thinking of you know, I say Middle Eastern, you're automatically going you know, Syria, Iraq, Iran. Well, still, uh, where is all that? Dubai. Well, before Pangea, you know, you, this was all just one big landmass. Yep. So, are you saying like? Before you talking about it being one supercontinent, then breaking up, or you mean like, yeah. are you is that oh, that you theory? This or are you talking about, about this bitch? Don't know about Pangea. Yeah, let's. let's I heard save that I for heard Chance uh, rap about it. Let's say let's save it for yeah. We'll say that yeah yeah. But essentially, yes. What like we were one continent broke up, one super yeah. Okay, there were like it's essentially how it is today. There were numerous populations but it was all just one mass we're probably talking about the same thing then. Yeah. yeah I'm talking about like one big super continent yeah 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 okay we're talking about the same thing then. Mm-hmm. but the thing is is like these people that grew up in a different time than we did it's like you said they probably did some fucked up shit too I think I guarantee you they wasn't in church every single Sunday yeah they might have been, but they were still they were doing things in people's yards on Saturday that Jesus would not have been a fan of. Exactly. Yeah. It's like so when they started like oh, we don't we don't want him teach him, so they came to him and was like, uh, you're not gonna teach Sunday school anymore. And I'm like, Okay. Well, I happen to be the leader of churches did dramas, it was like skits and stuff. I started incorporating my beliefs into that. Just trying to open up people more to the actual love of Jesus, if you believe that way. The what, love of, wait, wait, what years? What what time frame? 20, 2010, 10, 2012. 11, yeah. This before, like, everybody, like. This was right going. when, like, Shane, Colby, Dylan, and I really, really started hanging out. So, was, I'll well, say 2009, 2010. That's still, like, pre-opening up the world. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, as yeah. far as, like, being open-minded. Mm-hmm. It was like. So I started like incorporating the drums. They're like, well, we don't want him on our stage. It then was I was before like, social media hit its plateau. Yeah. I sat there and I asked my youth pastor at the time. I said, are they trying to run me out of here? And 
He was like, to be honest, they're trying to run me out of here, too. And I was like, if you leave, I'll leave. Well, they got like a lead pastor job elsewhere. And I hung back for a little bit because of the relationship I was in. And like I said, that fucked me up. So when I was went back to Lee, I was like, I can't be here. I told my papa, I told my mom and my, my dad, I said, I can't be here because... What you know, the way I think is not going to be accepted. And like, well, you know, my dad flat out asked me, I was like, well, what's the way you think? I was like, the church is too judgmental towards people I care about. It's taught me to be judgmental and I'm breaking that trend of myself. And I don't feel like I've always felt like reaching people was my calling. I, I do believe we have, if you're a Christian, you believe like you have some form of purpose to be on this earth. And I always said, like, I felt like it was my purpose to reach out to people, to make people feel better about themselves and the people around them. You can do that in a Christian way by spreading love and letting people, you don't have to preach to people. If people know you're a Christian and you treat them with the utmost respect, nothing but compassion, they're probably going to wonder what's going on with you, especially these days. Where people view Christians as super judgmental. Well, I think people respect people that is flawed, that don't seem as perfect as they put off. When you when you portray to be this perfect guy with no flaws, the perfect family, the perfect kids, you don't respect that. That's like some Pleasantville type shit. Yeah, <laughs> we see right through it because we've grown up, we've seen every situation, we we know it's problems with everybody, mm-hmm. and so like when you portray this perfect person we don't respect that and when you got another person with different views coming in challenging that's kind of flawed like you said you was like hey they looking at this guy two or three years in who was dealing with addiction they judging you off the back yeah because you dealt with addiction a person like me the real people i'm respecting that because you didn't been through something and now you giving your gospel your testimony about how i got through this a perfect person can't tell me how to to, to navigate because you ain't never been through it. Exactly. And most of these people I know for a fact have been in church their whole life and tried walking the line as tight as they could. Because I talked to, like, I obviously do a podcast. I talk to people mm-hmm. and I understand people because let me tell you, y'all know too because y'all are raised in pretty much the same type of environments. When you're growing up and you're talking to people, you learn how to read the room and read the person. So it was like, I know these people have tried walking the tightest line possible. And they say mine's very curvy and twisty and windy, and they don't like it. But that's, that's the whole because point. because people that- focus too much on the road and not. <laughs> that hurt. Uh, you talk about your road being curvy and windy. Nobody wants to take the time to look back and say, well, what were you going through and how did you get to this point? They're just more focused on, oh, you were doing that stuff? Like, okay, so here's the moment where I told my dad I'm leaving the church. I'm not going back, which I eventually did go back because Shane knows, like, you're freshly married, you go to church. Like, you, you're taught that way. But for that, from that point, it was like seven years I'd been out of church. So when I told my dad I was leaving the church, you know what happened? I went out to one of Michael's shows at Zydeco. Didn't have a drink. I was sober at the moment. Like, I wasn't drinking anything. I fell asleep because it was like 4 a.m. Had not had a fucking drink at all. 
fell asleep. I went down a hill or a hill off of uh, Empire Road. Almost, barely missed a power pole. Mm. Fell asleep. But I missed church the next morning. Now that's this is when I was teaching Sunday school. Mm-hmm. One person, <clears throat> and I'm not going to state their name or anything. One person had the gall to walk up to me and ask me if I fell off the wagon. Damn. <laughs> I said nope. Matter of fact, no. My bud just had a car accident. People do that. Yeah. Believe it or not. Fell asleep. Well, well you shouldn't have been out till 4 a.m. Well, I was kind of doing my internship, which was social media. <clears throat> that was the Sunday I told my dad, I'm not coming back. Again, guess so what? quick to judge, but never want to take the time to ask, oh, what was going on? Yeah. I told my dad, I said, I'm not coming back. And I didn't. And I did not go to a single church service until Brittany and I got married. And that didn't last long because I told Brittany, I said, this kind of feel like a low-end Broadway production to you. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because you were talking about it, you know, fresh, freshly married, getting into church and all that. We were in Shreveport. Because so we God's the base of your marriage. I do believe that. I wholeheartedly believe that. Well, Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. We were transplanted, you know, into a completely different town, barely knew anybody and all that. Easter rolled around. What do you always do on Easter? Go to church. Go to, you find if you don't have a church, you find a church. Well, hang on, let me put things in order. You find some drip, then you go to church. There you go. There you go. And going in knowing just what you said, right? Easter Sunday is, I mean, it's a Met Gala of the church community. Christmas and Easter are two most visited days of church. People are dressed to the nines, right? We go into this place. And it was in basically a like metal building that had just been, you know, like fixed up on the inside. Some new churches. Yeah. So we go in there. All that, they just had like your regular old chairs set out, no pews, nothing like that. So I was like, all right, you know, this might be pretty decent. Then the preacher came out, and it was a straight up show. It came out in Yeezy boots. And I, this thought was, was at, I thought it was phone posits. No. I remember. I remember you saying phone posits about something. Y'all might have went a, another time. But I no, uh, no I know posits. the phone posits you're talking about. Yeah. I can get on that one and just say, <laughs> no, this guy came out in Yeezy boots, and this was at the point when Yeezy boots were like impossible to get and were like $1,600 a pair. Yeah. I was like, all right. Respect the drip, but like, damn. And then just put on a show. And I was like, he's not really preaching though. He's just performing. And it was that same, like that was when it was like, Hold on a minute. Is this is this what church is now? But you savvy enough to catch that. Yeah. A lot of people are not savvy. No, yeah, exactly. Like, so it's because we grew up in church. And people, exactly. It, it, it well, what killed like, me was like I saw people around me. Like I've been to some sermons where like the preacher gets on and you like you literally like you kind of lose control of your body. You're just moving you know because he is about. just delivering. He touched. He touched. Yeah. I'm seeing people doing that, and I'm standing there, like, you know, arms crossed, looking at him, like, are you, what are we doing right now? It sounds like, from what you're telling me, the drip, the performance, it's a money thing. Mm-hmm. Probably a big church. It was you know large. what I mean? It, it was, was large. It was large. He got to come out there. He got to put on the show. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Now, he probably, I mean, he probably believe and stuff like that. But to maintain yeah. that, he getting that he getting to the exactly. bag too. Yeah, I, at no point during 
his performance because I'm not even gonna call it a sermon or preaching. It, yeah. it was straight up. Yeah, you get to the back. Yeah, he never. It was. It was. It was very Christian focused. I could tell he, you know, he was he was trying to deliver a good message. A good message, but for me, it was like. I feel like I'm watching the damn VMAs right now. And to go back to what he said, when you grow up in that church. The mega screens you, behind it. The lights yeah, just. It's performative. Yeah, yeah. But when you grow up in the real, the trenches, the church where it ain't no teleprompter. It's it's one little stand. You got the pulpit right here. And he has just got the, the uh, what's the thing that goes in the joke, in the, in the coat? The, the handkerchief. Yeah, the tie square. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he's gotta Child pull Tom that Manfred. out. Yeah, when he's gotta pull that out four or five times every minute. Get that sweat off on. To get yeah. the sweat off and doesn't miss a lick in the sermon, just keeps that's church. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A good preacher will have a script. He'll have a pre planned message that he wants to deliver. But a good preacher won't let you know that he's coming off a script because of his the way he delivers the message. <clears throat> And like the passion you feel from it, whereas some of them are putting on a performance of the script. And you know why I think that is because that preacher that 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 he got he got notes, mm-hmm. but he lived it. Exactly. Everything that he's preaching, he lived it. He's been through that of what he's preached about. The performative guy, he's probably been taught that from somebody, yeah. yep. or he's read that he's done research, but he hadn't lived that. He's seen somebody saying it's it. kind of like I hate to say a rapper. You can know when a rapper or a singer then been through something. The way they, you can hear the you can pain. Hear the delivery, the you can tone. hear the delivery, yeah. the tone is like they lived that. And then you can hear the singer, rap artist, I'm going to say artist, yeah. that's kind of being highly produced. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a good song, but I don't feel that. Yeah. Exactly. It's a difference. And that's every sermon I preach, because Wednesday nights I would preach in youth group. <clears throat> I never had anything more than four or five bullet points. Bullet points, as in, hit on this, hit on this, hit on this. Get me from here to there to there to there. To keep you on track. Mm-hmm. And you could take 20 minutes per bullet point, if, mm-hmm. so, if that. But it was, it was real to me. Because I could, I never preached on anything I hadn't experienced. Like, I never preached on, like, the fault, like Church of God people fall out and stuff. And I never like preached on that because some kids hadn't experienced that. I wanted to be relatable. That's a big, I didn't want to be cool. But relatable go back to being being real because you live through it. Like but, I know what it's like to be 15, 16 years old. I wanted to drink. I yeah. wanted to smoke weed. I wanted to go be banging hoes every weekend. Yeah. You know? The life. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> but that wasn't my life because I grew up believing differently. Yeah. You know, it was Oh, you weren't running through my house with <laughs> It was it was like I could boy oh boy. See ya. I could relate to them low and I'd be like, I know how you feel in this moment. Because I felt the same way. And <clears throat> to this day, like there's only and I'm not gonna mention their name because I know part of their family listens to this podcast and I don't wanna like put a spotlight on these people because first off they don't want the spotlight and that's yeah. what I love about we're going to call y'all redacted mm-hmm. realest preacher ever the only preacher I've ever sat in a sermon and actually felt God move 
And I still, like like I said, I may have walked away from the church, but I still believe in God. still have a relationship with Jesus. I still talk to him every day. But am I going to judge you for not doing it? Nope. Am I going to judge you for being gay? Nope. Am I sitting here drinking beers? Yep. Hey, one of my all-time favorite family guy quotes, Peter Griffin said, I don't believe going Talk to more church Talk more that microphone every, before you say it. I don't believe going to church every Sunday makes you any more of a Christian than going in the garage every day makes you a car. Yeah, facts. And you can you can be the most devout, Bible-thumping Christian believer and never step foot in a church. How do you live your life? How do you treat others? Do you live the word of Christ versus do you put on a persona? And see, I don't I don't go around saying I'm a Christian, blah, blah. If you know me, you know, like Shane knows. Like, I pray every day. But do I judge people? No. What am I praying for? My walk, my relationship, my family. See, I can't. I will, I'll judge somebody, one hundred percent. We all, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I will judge somebody, but I am open enough and willing to make a first, you know, gut judgment instinct off of somebody. But I'm willing to walk up to them and talk to them and say, you know, tell me something about you. You know, let me get to know you. But that's and then also- I will base my assumption on you. Off of getting to know you, not just oh well, I saw them one time and they done this, and that's yeah. who I think they are every single second of their life. Like people listening to this may be like, well, I've seen Drake blackout at Twisted Barley. Okay, mind your business. Was I not? Was <laughs> but if if I heard that though, my my first question is, was I nice to you though? Like, because I'm not a happy drunk. But like, he's like, a, no, he's just genuinely at, like, was I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Was I an asshole? Be honest. But no, I, like, I try to approach everybody with the same mindset of I would rather know you after a few talks than one conversation. Because now if I get to know you and you're a shitty person, yeah, that's my judgment of you. Yeah, if I ghost you, person. Yeah. if I ghost you, it's because I read the broom. I don't, know, the that, room I don't know if that's still judging or if it's just like, no, you're just a shitty person. So, But it was... I still love you. We I was so conditioned you know? to think one way. And that was the way that we were taught in church, which, like I said, you have all these denominations that all think the different way. Like, you, Church of God, people make jokes about Baptist people. Baptist people make jokes about Church of God people. Methodist, Church of Christ, throw them all in there. Why? It was like, if we're all trying to achieve the same eternal yeah, purpose here. That's a good point. That's a, Why is there rivalries between the different denominations? Because there's parts of the Bible where one denomination would rather believe and they well, think they're right on it. People stuck in their ways. That's like, what I'm saying. That's like, How are you, you know, claiming to be this, but yet you think less of someone literally following following the exact same faith? I went to a <laughs> like. Okay, here's 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 a real people make it make sense. Here's the legit experience. When I was living in Tennessee, I had a friend. He's from uh, G- trying not to screw up the name. You Seagal. Senegal. 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 Africa. He ran track at the college I was at. He went to a black Baptist church. Not Church of God. Black Baptist yeah. church. That's, so, that's I, really he me, I grew up in a Baptist church. He asked me to go he asked me to go with him one Sunday. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, of course. You know, we I was like That was your Sunday. We're about to get down. That was your Sunday. We get in there and I'm sitting his uh his dad had moved with him. He leans down in his Senegalese accent, says, 
we're not your typical Baptist. He said, we're not getting out of here like two o'clock. I was like, I'm game. <laughs> was I was your there first for experience every, in white church. Huh? Was this yes. Your, yeah. I was there for every minute of it. Which, I mean, white church gods, like Skog, Ecog, where I was at in Coleman at the time. They'll like, run. We were, we were used to there being there until one thirty. They'll run long. One. But what I will say is. They ain't missing that lunch. Mom got baptized at a black church. So we had to go for like, a, I think it was almost two months before the preacher would baptize. I was cool with it because I always went with Jamaica and Anita and them anyways. So, but, sorry, God, just dropping government names. So, anyways, <laughs> I always went with my friends and his parents and family. I loved it because they were like, that was just a, another day I got to hang out with my friends. So I was used to being there all day. When mom had to come, she was not used to it. <laughs> she was not ready for that first Sunday. <laughs> I'm in my, you know, young naive mind, a seasoned vet. <laughs> I know what to expect coming in here. She was not. It was it was a lot it was a big shock for her, but I think the reason she wanted to do that was because same thing we were talking about was her past a lot of people at the church that she was going to before weren't as open to it. Yeah. Whereas. Yeah, you're right about that. See, and that's why it, I can It goes see, back to yeah. what Juice was saying about preachers actually that have been through stuff versus preachers that are just reading off of what they've heard or what they've been taught. And what I will say <clears> in, the, in the black church, and that's why I can speak on. I <laughs> hoped you would. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of pastors that have been through that. It ain't been too many pastors that I haven't felt, you know, when they speak the word, like, it just, you know, glows off of them. You know what I mean? They yeah. gonna make you feel, you know, feel oh, some shit. It just hit me. I don't, like, it. I don't know why it took this long. Because we've been sitting here talking about, like, how we've kind of, you know, we've been out of church for so long. I have, like I haven't been in a church in a really long time, but I've gotten a Sunday sermon every single Sunday that Coach... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to I was watching. That's, that's, yep. that's, I was finna bring... I, that's I don't where know I if would. I want to bring his name up, but... I did, yeah. yeah, that's why I... I was just saying like mutual. Coach, yeah. Yeah, when Coach, like, when he uploads those videos, that's my church. Uh, that's and see, what. like, if you know him outside of that, and when you see him actually, like, get into the Word, it's two totally different. Exactly. And that's yeah. why I love it, because yeah. it's like, I can look. I can feel it because I know you. I've and seen he been through some shit. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's like you can feel that word. Like, I kind of miss the church sometimes just because of hearing the physical word. Because yeah. like, if I'm watching it on TV, it's, it feels produced to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last bit of word I got is from actually two funerals that I went to. Unfortunately, it was you know my cousin and my and my brother and my um my cousin uh, Eric Harris. He he's a big pastor in Birmingham and he did like the eulogies for him and like when he speak it's like you could tell mm-hmm. when a person that's what kind of keep my faith intact when I hear people like that talk you can tell when people are anointing mm-hmm. you know you, you really believe him and I know for a fact he living what he preaching you yeah. know what I mean and it kind of give me hope you know as far as when it comes on faith based you know kind of that it's a higher being mm-hmm. I know that he's touched I know that I can feel that and that kind of helped me out you know, in my in my walk, in it makes and it helps the word resonate. And exactly. That's, that's what I love about today's 
technology because I may have physically not be in the church every Sunday, but chances are somewhere along the week I'm watching somebody I follow because I still got a crap ton of church friends that share. And I know what churches I mess with and which ones I won't. But when our mutual friend uploads a sermon, I'm watching yeah, he's on it. He, yeah. he ain't playing. And that was the thing. Is like <clears throat> Usually when you walk into a new church. You don't talk about feeling it. It's from the front porch. Fam, and then like. It is from the front during porch. During the quarantine, it ain't nobody in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's you looking into a. And that's one just. It's, it's one on one. It got to be you mm-hmm. being touched. Yeah. Because there ain't nobody in there. Yep. And what a lot of people don't <laughs> understand is <clears throat> people think you got to be in a church building to have that sense of church type community. The Bible says where there's two or three gathered in my name, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Is this my church? Sometimes. But if I'm sitting there watching a sermon on TV, <clears throat> technically I'm not the only person in the room. And so that's why I feel comfortable. But I've... I don't consider myself a Bible thumper anymore, which I was. Oh, you was a Bible thumper? Oh, dude, I was I was the worst person. <laughs> when when I came off taking Adderalls up the snooter to being in church every Sunday, yeah. I was a whole like thumping it, thumping, thumping. And if you didn't believe my way, you were wrong. Now it's um now that I walked away from the church, I'm more open to, I want to know, I want to know what you think and what you believe. And if you think differently than me, totally fine. Yeah. I'm cool with it. You know, it's, it was almost like a freedom. And that's a bad thing to say about church. Cause I know a lot of people find who they need to be in church. I did. And it led me walking away. If that's, the, if that's you, Guess what? It's it's fine. It is. You're not you're not going to hell because you walked away from a physical building. That goes back to the whole point of just because we well we've left the church at some point doesn't mean we've abandoned our spirituality. No, and our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people struggle with leaving the church, like I did, and it was hard to tell people that I grew to love. Like I'm not coming back. And spend Sundays lonely. You know, we'll get into another more religious subjects throughout this year because there are certain theological aspects that I can debunk a lot of things. But we realize that our spirits, our souls, they may be tired and worn by the time we die, but they gotta go somewhere. And just because you don't go to church doesn't mean you're destined to one certain place. Agreed. I think this has been a very productive, deep. I think this is the deepest we've gotten on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 12, 12 episodes in, and we went 12 feet deep. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Double damn. <laughs> but, uh, Next episode, we'll, we'll go with a happier tone. Shane's been watching basketball this whole time. 
I don't know how you can be emotional and watch basketball. Why? Listen, I'm here. Multitask. Yeah, that's that's part of the uh, ADHD. That's called professionalism. If you're listening, Google it. But boys, this is a uh, this has been a good episode. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks with something more lighthearted and fun. Maybe a bracket challenge. Maybe a draft. I don't know. We'll see. Actually, when this comes out, we might have to actually get on a bracket bracket because we're going to be getting. Oh yeah, we're getting close to March Madness. To March Madness. We are getting close to March Madness. We might have just. <sighs> People don't want to listen to us. We're not a sports podcast, though. That's fair. But we can do something in the yeah. heart of March yeah. Madness. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Juicy's got it. Juicy. Uh, therefore, I vote here. Juicy produces next episode. Okay. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Juicy. Episode. This one's on you, pal. Oh, just know that no matter what the bracket is, I'm riding Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy said, music from the 1970s. <laughs> Auburn. Auburn. Riding Auburn. Boys, this has been a this has been a good talk. Uh, hopefully this reflects our friendship and abilities to talk with each other about certain things to everybody. None of this is scripted. None. <sighs> <Far, far> from <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, but boys... I guess we'll see y'all next time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we took the term unscripted to the utmost extreme. <laughs> we just ask that you pardon our Southern. I'm Drake Pittman. I'm Shane Murray. I'm Juicy Johnson. And we'll see you next time on Pardon My Southern. Mm-hmm.